So this message is Hindrance to Healing, Part 3. It's, it's subtitled Deliverance from the Molestation of Enemies. Now, I've done a lot of research on what, what hinders us from getting healed. And I've taken um, notes from people who know a lot more about it than I do. And I'd just like you to, I'd like you to have a look at those references. And I, I recommend that if you want to know more, because I'm only going to give a summary, is that you get hold of Bill Sabritsky's book called Keys to Healing and Deliverance. You can get it from dubministries.com. Most of his material is free. Let's just take this. Salmon Stevens, jubileeresources.org. He's got some incredible books, Unmasking Freemasonry, Removing the Hoodwink, Unmasking Mormonism, Who Are the Latter-day Saints, Unmasking the Watchtower, Who Are Jehovah's Witnesses, and Fatal Faith, The Counterfeit Christianity of Cults. So if you want to learn more about what you're going to get a little bit told a little bit about today, get hold of that material and do your own homework your own study. Now, in part one of the series, I spoke on God wants to heal, so why doesn't he? And I shared a list of reasons that block healing power to flow. Now, some people you know get prayed for at the end of a meeting and they might have a, a gammy leg or a gammy arm or a sore neck or something or other and they get instantly healed. Other people come forward to prayer and they're wanting to be healed as well, but the healing doesn't come. Why? Well, it can be because there are blockages in that person's life. For instance, and we covered this in part one, unforgiveness towards others. If you're really angry with someone and you haven't forgiven them, don't come up for prayer for healing because nothing will happen. Unless you are prepared to forgive. Bible is quite clear about that. Disobedience towards God. We must honour our parents. That can be a hard one because some of them, some people have had parents that were violent, molested at them, and etc. etc. But we, Bible says, if you honour your mother and your father, it will go well for you. So what does it mean if you don't honour your mother and father? It won't go well for you. So we can always honour our mother and father for at least giving us birth. Even if we can't think of anything else good, we can honour them for that. Lack of knowledge of God's word. Many Christians don't read their Bible, unfortunately. And so they don't know about the promises for healing. Lack of faith. Unbelief. Unbelief is a very strong um, uh, cause of people not being healed. People can believe that Jesus heals. We know that he does because we know people who have been healed, but we don't have the faith. We don't have the belief that he's going to heal us now. And that unbelief can stop that healing from flowing. And unconfessed sin and grief. Then in part two, I shared on deliverance from curses and I looked at we looked at indications that suggest 
that we could be affected by a generational curse coming down our family line or something that has been spoken over us or something we've spoken over ourselves. And an example of the indications of curses in your life is mental and emotional breakdown, repeated sickness, hereditary sickness, doctors can't find the cause, feminine problems, breakdown of marriage, financial insufficiency, Sometimes we're accident-prone, always having accidents. That's usually a strong indicator that there's a family curse coming down the line and the spirit of death and hell has got an entry point into your life and a history of, of a natural death. Now, we're not covering any of those points today, but they're all available from our website, website wildsideministries.com. And you can go in and click on hindrances one or hindrances two. And if you like what you hear, just message it on to your friends or your family that who don't know why they're not getting healed. Now, before we start, let's just have a look at Psalm, uh, Psalm 86. And don't worry about looking up your phone or your um, Bibles or whatever. All the scriptures are going to be on the screen which just makes it easy. And if you want to follow up further, you just have to ask for the notes and I'll message them to you. Look at Psalm 86. This is the magnificent prayer of King David. Bend down, O Lord. This is Psalm 86, 1-6, New Living Translation. Bend down, O Lord, and hear my prayer. Answer me, for I need your help. How many people need the help of the Lord at times? Can't see any hands, right? Oh, you you must all be perfect. That's wonderful. Protect me, for I'm devoted to you. Save me, for I serve you and trust you. You are my God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. I do that. I call on the Lord constantly. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I give myself to you, O Lord. You are so good, so ready to forgive so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord. Hear my urgent cry. See, we have to ask the Lord to listen closely to us because millions of other people are trying to get his attention as well. I will call you to whenever I'm in trouble and you will answer me. No pagan God is like you, O Lord. None can do what you do. Amen to that. All the nations you made will come and bow down before you, Lord. They will one day. They will praise your holy name, for you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honour you. With all my heart I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever. For your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. I think King David knew the Lord very well, didn't he? He could talk to him like that. But we can say that psalm as a prayer. Now when we are given the invitation to accept Jesus Christ, something happens. When we say yes, we get born again. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within our spirit. And we, get, we are given the promise of eternal life. If 
we continue to love him and follow him. And that's a very important if. And from that point in time of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives, we are given the ability to reach out for healing, to be delivered from the demonic, to know his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. But we have to work out that salvation. Look at Philippians 2, 12 to 13 in the New King James Bible. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, because Jesus had gone, work out your own salvation. The word in Greek is soteria, salvation, with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So some people jump up and down and say, oh no, once saved, always saved. Why do I I don't have to do anything? Sorry. Yes, you do. The Bible says to transform your mind to the mind of Christ. That's a doing word. That's something we have to do. It doesn't necessarily affect your salvation, but unless we reach out to, to to the Lord... Uh, and seek to follow him, we can drift away. We can lose our faith. We don't want to do that, do we? In the, new, in the, uh, the Greek, uh, the original word for salvation, that's soteria, soteria, this is what it means. It means deliverance, preservation, safety, salvation. It means deliverance from the molestation of enemies. So the word salvation, when we're saved, we not only receive that promise of eternal life with Christ, but in that word we can receive healing and we can receive deliverance from the attacks of the enemy. So salvation is a big thing. It's a big word. It's not a hands up and down um, I accept Jesus Christ. It's pressing into Jesus as his salvation works in us. Okay. Let's look at three primary enemies that we have. One, Satan. He's the author of sin. Two is the world. How we're affected by what the world thinks and the power of united evil men. Look at what happened in Germany. And the flesh. That's ourselves. Our carnal mindedness. That's our one's tendency to fulfil the natural lusts of the body. So we can be affected by greed. We can be affected by anger. We can be affected by all sorts of things which are problems inside ourselves. Now in Ephesians 6, 11-12, it says, Put on the, the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So when you're having, having an argument with someone, or your wife or your husband, you're not necessarily arguing with them. A spirit can come in behind them and snap at you, and a spirit can come in behind you and snap back at them. 
So don't give in to that. Be gentle with one another. Then those demons don't have the right to afflict. The Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, that's demonic influences in the heavenlies, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So some people say, oh, a Christian can't be affected by a demon. No, no, the Holy Spirit living them. What does the Word of God say? It says, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So Satan does attack us. He does attack attack, um, uh, uh, Christians. And if there is an entry point, a sin still in their life, they will enter and dwell in your body or your mind. Now, some of the enemies I'm going to deal with today are major hindrances to healing. So listen closely. Now, the first one, have you or your family had any involvement with the occult or witchcraft practices? Look what Exodus 23 to 4 says, New King James Version. And this is the first commandment that God gave mankind. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but show mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Exodus 23, 24-26 You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness. Seen that? So if you've been involved in the occult and you haven't repented of it and you're sick, hey, what's that saying there? I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness if you don't follow those things or renounce those things. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land and I will give you a long, full lives. Now let's have a look. And Leo, Leo, you'll remember this, uh, this list from Bill Sabitsky's mm. compiled. The occult checklist. Have you ever been involved in any of these practices? Acupuncture, amulets, tiger's claw, shark tooth, horseshoe over the door, mascots, a talisman, magic picture, astral travel, astrology, charms and charming, clairvoyance, colour therapy, conjuration, summoning up a spirit by incantation, crystal ball gazing, crystals, divining rod or twiggle, pendulum. People go looking for water with a, with a divining rod. It's occult, not of God. Eastern meditation, religions, gurus, mantras, yoga. Yoga? I thought yoga was just exercise. No, it's not. 
Yoga comes from Hinduism. And, and yoga actually teaches to give honour to the masters of Hinduism. It's occultic. Extra-centric perception, ESP. The next one is fortune-telling. And using hallucinogenic drugs. Wow, none of us have been had any drugs, have we? I'm sure some of us have, but thank God the Lord will deliver us from the effects of drug taking. Hypnosis, iridology, which is eye diagnosis, martial arts, mental telepathy, necromancy, conjuring up spirits of the dead, numerology, which is playing with figures, occult literature, Ouija boards, pagan religious objects, artefacts and relics, palmistry, pendulum diagnosis, psychic healing, reincarnation, seances, star signs, tarot cards, zodiac signs. I'm going to add something else here. If your teenagers are playing games on their computer, what games are they playing? Many of the games that the young kids are playing are demonically inspired. What's the one, Jan, about the... Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. If any of your kids are playing Grand Theft Auto, they're practising raping women, stealing cars, all sorts of horrible things. If you're a parent and you allow your children or teenagers to watch that stuff, you are enabling them to access the demonic. And you need to repent of that. Look what Deuteronomy says. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you deemed be doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. In Acts 19, 19 it says, Also many of those who had practiced magic put, brought their books together and burned them in sight of all, in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Now what are we talking about bringing an abomination into your household? Well, some of those uh, demonic games, they're an abomination. But I remember um, Bill Sabritsky, who I used to work for, telling me that he was up here in, I think it was Dargaville, or it was one of the northern towns, and a lady came up for prayer. And she said, um, Bill, my family is always sick. They've forever got the flu, snotty noses, headaches. Month after month after month, one person or the other is sick. There's something wrong. And Bill had a word of knowledge. He said, I can see a graven image in your house. I don't know what it is, but there is an idol in your house. She said, oh, no, no, no. I'd never have an idol in my house or Buddhas or anything like that. She said, he said, oh, well, search your house and, and check it out. Sure enough, we get a letter from her at Dove Ministries. Dear Bill, do you remember? Well, my sister came over and helped me um, spring clean last month. And up in one of the cupboards, we found a little Buddha that she had brought back from Fiji and thought it would be a nice little present. But I didn't even know it was there. That little Buddha gave a right to sickness to enter that household. How do we know? 
she took it out and smashed it. And she wrote to us, she said, this is now two months later after they'd smashed it, no one has been sick in our family. It makes a big difference. Now, I know, know this personally because someone gave Jan a shark tooth necklace. She resisted it. No, she didn't want to wear a shark tooth necklace. Resisted it three times, four times, but he insisted that she take it as a gift. And she didn't want to hurt him, so she said, okay. She had no intention of wearing it. And she brought it home, and I remember it got left on my office desk. Two nights after we'd got home, Jan and her son Rock, generational, you see, they got really sick, like the flu times 50. They were sick. And I said, Lord, what, what's going on? And he said, get rid of the shark tooth. So we got up at 2 o'clock in the morning, went got that tooth, went outside with a hammer, bang, 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 yep. broke it up, went to the Lord. And then, then I sort of asked the Lord, I said, Lord, it's just a shark tooth. I mean, sharks, sharks have got teeth, and we're not worshipping them. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, it was not inspired by me. Isn't that interesting? So the carver, who we know, was inspired by Celtic and demonic stuff from from Wales and and what have you. That's where he got his inspiration from. And he, he, he made that. And the Lord said, it was not inspired by me. So, for all I know... The Lord can gift some Christians with making things and carving things and, and inspire them, which means it would be okay, I'm sure. I just find a lot of those things are a, bit, are, are a bit dodgy, so I keep away from them. But that was our experience because the next day, Jan and Rock were healed. They were set free. That was the result of it. Now, another thing is, what are the results of involvement with the occult? And if you've played with astrology, if you've ever done seances, if you've ever touched the occult and you've not repented of it, you'll be affected. Here are some of the results. Depression, suicidal thoughts, no desire for prayer and Bible study, inner resistance, resistance to the word of God, no word of prayer coming to one's lips, visions of ghostly forms, fear, blasphemous thoughts against God and Christ, Manic fits, visions of people in past generations, religious delusions, inability to make decisions, feelings of anxiety, gripping feeling about the, th- the throat, voices that you cannot get rid of no matter how much you fight, fits of rage, melancholia, schizophrenia. Now, th- if you have some of those symptoms, that can be an indication that you or someone in your family has dallied with the occult. I've heard people say, well, I never get into astrology, I never did seances, I never did anything. What about your family? Oh, yeah, my mother used to go and visit somebody or other and they used to, they used to bring up the spirits and pray for them, but I never did. But a mother did. And there's a connection, a generational connection. And so we get that, ask that person to forgive their mother for touching the occult, renouncing the occult, and saying, I will not accept you coming down the family line. And those persons are set free. Here's a prayer 
that I'd like us all, all to pray. It's on the screen. And when it comes to renounce my past involvement, just say it out quietly to yourself. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I renounce every form of the occult and specifically I renounce my past and my family's involvement in. You speak it out to yourself. Now we must remember that God hates all forms of idolatry. So moving on from dabbling in the occult, another major hindrance to healing is salt ties back to cults, secret societies and false religions. Involvement by ourselves or our family and our ancestors can bring a curse upon us. Specifically, Freemasonry, Druid's Lodge and secret societies and false religions. 1 John 4.3 says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now already in the world. Now in books and papers written by Freemasons, they freely admit the, the Royal Arts degree, and they have 33 different degrees or more, but I'm, at least I know about 33. But when you get to the, um, uh, the Royal Arts degree, you are told, you're not told until then, but you are told that Freemasons give honour to Jarbalon. Who the heck is Jarbalon? Well, it's a composite name of Yah, from Yahweh, which is God's special name. The Syrian deity, Bull, which comes from Baal, the fertility god of the Canaanites. And On, Jav-Yulon, which is short for Osiris, the Egyptian god of the underworld. So this is a mixture that Freemasons are told that they worship of religions, and it's totally contrary to scripture. And it will bring a curse on anyone associated with Freemasonry. Freemasonry is a cursed religion, if ever there was one. In their rituals, they take frightening oaths, and they all do it. They go along to be a Freemason because someone who's a builder or, or a carpenter or in business invites them to come along. Hey, this is a great society, Freemasons. We give to the poor and we, um, we build old people's homes and we do marvellous things. Yes, they do. But each one of them is led through these ceremonies, putting a noose around the neck, a mock cutting of the throat, stabbing the heart, and more. And these are the wicked curses every Freemason pronounces on themselves um, if they reveal anything about Freemasonry. When they get to the 33rd degree, listen to this, when you get to the 33rd degree, you are taken aside and say, congratulations, you've got to the top. We now want to tell you something, a special secret. They are told that Lucifer, Satan, is actually God. And it is he who they worship. Freemasons worship Satan. Down the levels, they don't even know that. 
But did you know you're not allowed to say the name of Jesus in a Freemasonry lodge? We often have people come in for prayer and they say, I've got stabbing pains in my heart. And I don't know where it's coming from. The doctor said there's nothing wrong with you. I've checked me, I've done all the tests, nothing there. What is it? And the Lord will often say Freemasonry. So you ask them, has it been Freemasonry in your family? No, yeah, my grandfather was a Freemason. Have you ever renounced it? No. So we lead them through a prayer of renouncing Freemasonry and cutting it off. And then we speak to the pain in the heart. And it goes. So where did it come from? Let's say this prayer together out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I renounce every form of involvement in any secret lodge, in particular the Freemasons, Druids, or any similar lodge in which I or members of my family or my ancestors have been involved. Forgive me and my ancestors, please, Lord, for this involvement. Now, that's something you may want to take further with the Lord to make sure it's, that, that you, it's completely cut off because Freemasonry is a huge thing in New Zealand over the years. Dargaville was founded by Freemasons. Many towns were. That's why there is often spiritual blockage in cities. But we're covered by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to bow down to it. We can be totally and utterly set free. Another false religion is Mormonism or the Church of Latter-day Saints. It's not in any way Christian, so don't be fooled because they talk about God or this or that or, or the other thing. If you have any family members caught, caught up in Mormonism, then I suggest you need to fast and pray that they will be delivered from it. Most of their secret handshakes, code words, etc. are copied from Freemasonry. Their founder, the founder of Mormonism, is Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith attended a high degree in Freemasonry before he founded the Mormon religion in 1830. If you read the book by Selwyn Stevens, Unmasking Mormonism, or go to YouTube and search for the film The Godmakers 2. There's one and two. One was done in 86, two was done in 1991. Completely and utterly exposes the demonic uh, background of Mormonism. You'll see that the founder was an occultist and he depended on demonic spiritualistic revelations to guide his beliefs and writings. So he used to go out to the field and these so-called angels visited him and gave him all sorts of weird and wonderful things, mixture of scripture and a whole lot of rubbish. The Mormon Bible is a mixture of the truth, the Bible, and a whole lot of, load of rubbish. And God hates mixture. Mormon writings show that they believe that Jesus Christ was one of many gods, the firstborn of Elohim, and the spirit brother of Lucifer. So they say Jesus was a brother of Lucifer, Satan. They see, they see that he was a. They say that he was a polygamist, polygamist, married to both Marys and Martha. With regard to the resurrection, they say that only those obedient to Mormon teaching 
which is in essence as far removed from the New Testament teachings of Christ, will become God's. The other two heavens are, placed, are places for the less obedient. So those that are really obedient to Mormon teaching, they're going to go to a special place in heaven and the others go elsewhere. There is a huge amount of teaching available that completely exposes Mormonism as a positive religion. And if you are genuinely keen to help those that are caught up in this incredible deception, just do your homework. Just look it up. There's volumes of books. I've got about, I don't know, six, seven books in my library which exposed uh, Mormonism. Now Mormons are obsessed with trying to track their genealogy back to biblical days. Yet, the scripture says in 1 Timothy 1, 3 and 4, As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrines, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. Let me give you an example of what that could mean. We had a lady come to... Come to um, bill for ministry with severe, severe depression. She couldn't get out of the bath, she'd stay in the bath all day. She couldn't get out of bed, she'd stay in, in, in bed for days. And as we were praying for her, Bill said, have you been tracking back your ancestors? Oh yes, I've got a whole wall of our lounge covered in all the generations and I study it and I follow them. And he said, when did your depression come upon you? Oh, that was the month that I started doing that. There's the connection. She got rid of all that stuff. And she got totally set free. And she wrote a book about it. And you get that book, book, from, book from Dove Ministries. Now, there's nothing wrong in doing a bit of a tracer on, oh, my, my grandfather was, was this and was that. And, oh, that's okay but you don't start studying it and studying their genealogies and believing this and believing that. You'll get caught because you're disobeying the scripture. Any belief in Mormon teaching will bring curses of sickness upon their households. Now Jehovah's Witnesses are in the same same boat. It's also a false religion. It is not a form of Christianity. They teach that Jesus is not God. But Michael, the archangel, and a god with a small g. They teach that there is no bodily resurrection of Jesus, and man will not be resurrected either. If you have family members that are J-dubs, then I suggest you need to fast and pray that they will be delivered from it, because it is a false religion, and it brings God's curses to bear. Look what Galatians 8.8 8.8 says sorry Galatians can't read my own writing 1.8-9 but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you let him be condemned to destruction or let him be cursed the Bible says so any religion that teaches a false gospel or not the gospel of that Jesus Christ came to earth and 
died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected. If they don't teach that, they are cursed. The people that teach that are cursed. And we must not take it in. We need to pray for them, of course, that God will open their eyes. Another hindrance to healing is neglect of the poor. Whoa, did you know that? A hindrance to healing is if we, if we neglect the poor. And I can honour you, Craig and Petrina, that you do huge amounts for the poor in Dargaville. You feed them, you care for them, you love them. And I'd say that's a good reason why you guys don't get, get sick very often. Jesus, require, Jesus Christ refers to a special group of people as his brethren. He uses this to describe the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. As Jesus Christ walked this earth as God in the flesh, he looked upon this particular group of people in a special way and described them as his brethren. You can read all that in Matthew 12, 48 to 50. Look it up yourselves and you'll see that that's true. In Matthew 25, verse 31. In Matthew 25, verse 31 onwards, the day of judgment is described when we shall all be judged on our response to this group, which Jesus describes as his brethren. We will all have to face judgment on this matter. I got a fright when I read that, because I was never into helping the poor very much when I was a, uh, in my 20s. I was a young yuppie driving around in BMW and I thought all the people that lived out South Auckland were deep as I don't know. What's the matter with them? I, I judged the poor and I've repeated for that, obviously. The relationship between healing and taking care of the poor and hungry is graphically set out in Isaiah 58, 6-8. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are, who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover, cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall bring forth speedily. speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Look at Psalm 41, 1 to 3. This is special. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. When you care for the poor and the needy, you're touching God's heart and he cares for you because of what you're doing, especially. So let's just say this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I confess that I have not fully obeyed your requirements in connection, connection with the poor the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those in prison. I repent from this and undertake from now on to consider how I should help in this area. Please forgive me for my lack of care. Amen.
Guys, let's all stand and stretch because we've had a bit of a go on it, haven't we? And I'm going to get us all to um, say a prayer. And then, after the prayer is finished, you're welcome to come out. Um, and Jan and I and Craig and Sarah, uh, others, will be happy to pray for you if you want prayer. Other than that, you can sit down and uh, there's going to be Kai served and then there are the baptism out at Bailey Beach. But let's say there's prayer and, and, and break the, the, the demonic over us all. Let's go. Say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your risen Son, Jesus Christ. I repent from all of my sins, Father, and especially I ask your forgiveness of any involvement with the occult or false religions and not helping the poor. I ask for your healing touch upon my body, soul and spirit. I pray, Father, that your anointing shall now fall upon me and touch me, driving out every spirit of sickness and healing my body, soul and spirit. I thank you, Lord, for touching me now by your spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your mighty touch in Jesus' name.